welcome back to another episode of Horror Cats and Winchats. It's Katie and Izzy, and we're back at it with part two of Cabin in the Woods. Finally, we know. Sorry, not sorry. We're talking about monsters, at least. Yeah, so this whole ass episode is going to be literally just monsters. Uh, Sorry, I had to. You can find, like, background details on almost every monster in here, but I only go into details for some of them, but I'm going to try and list all of the ones that people have identified. And the majority of the information has been gathered from various fandom wiki pages, Reddit threads, and the... uh, uh, I can't think of the word picture book, basically, (laughs) Uh, for the companion of this movie that the creators made that goes like behind the scenes about characters and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's apparently really cool. I've seen like snippets of pictures of it on some of the sites. Um, They include like sketches of the monsters. Um, Some monsters they talk about, they say like you can't really see them. Uh, You don't see them like in the forefront, but they're just like in cubes randomly. So you probably can't really even tell they're there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I figured it was it was a pretty cool thing to for them to include. So just a reminder, uh, Cabin in the Woods came out 2011, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. I don't know what year it is. So many moons ago. Uh, directed by Drew Goddard, written by Drew Goddard and Joss Whedon. What I did learn is that I guess MGM originally bought this script, but then they went bankrupt. And so oh. it like sat on a shelf for a long time until Lionsgate was able to pick it up, but I don't think MGM would release it for a long time. So. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Random but fun story. Also, something else I learned, uh, Chris Hemsworth got this part and then I think it was like a month later got picked up as Thor. So he went from like a nobody to a somebody real quick. Go ahead. We legit just did Chris Hemsworth uh, trivia for Bee Gina on the show. And he took, he basically all the money that he made from Cabin in the Woods paid off his dad's mortgage on his house. What a generous guy. I know, right? I can't I say that's what I would do with buy my a first house paycheck. for me. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. you can have like my third million, but the first two are for me. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Unless his dad has, like, the most expensive house in the world, I'm pretty sure a million would cover it, and then some. I mean, I don't really know uh, what properties are like in Australia, so... Yeah, I don't either. But I'm just hitting my microphone. I'm sorry. Real That's professional. Fine. Get your shit together. Gosh. Anyway, so We're I figured... professional. Haven't you figured this out already? The most never the late most professional never so reliable. always on time yep we know everything you know using only professional words exactly anywho you Let's know who the real it. professionals are the facility hmm. you know who the facility is the what pe- are they the people who run the ritual <laughs> what are they <laughs> kind of fucked up <laughs> um the facility 
is the only thing they get called the facility like you never learned if they have a cult name or anything but the ritual so quick talk about that and then we'll get into like the monsters so the idea for the ritual is that it had to become more elaborate over time in order to keep the ancient ones entertained because i don't know if anyone remembers but in the first episode i was like why did they have to switch from just shoving kids into volcanoes to like this whole big old like game show type deal Mm -hmm. and i guess that's why uh I guess they do make a comment about that when, like, she, they're talking, when when the whore shows her, her, her boobs and stuff, like, they're like, oh, they like that, it's, you know, I don't know. It's just, like, random little comments that you, you hear now and then that, that makes sense now. Yeah, they, like, kind of sprinkle it in there without mm-hmm. outright telling you, which I really appreciate because we always dog on shows that do, like, the <laughs> convenient montage of here's what happened. Yeah. A to B. The ones doing this whole thing, i.e. the facility, are thought to have originated from a cult that turned into more of like a business model and became the facility or the organization or whatever you want to call them. This would help explain why other countries practice it differently because as the cult kind of like spread throughout the world, each belief system and wherever it's located adapted the the way that they do it to like their own culture and traditions that makes sense i'm not sure that was english or made sense but yeah <laughs> anyway i think i got it uh so every single monster is a manifestation oh mm-hmm. so this is an idea um i don't know if this is like something the director has been like yes or if this is just what people think uh but Every single monster is a manifestation of the Ancient One's desires for the punishment of human youth. And they, the monsters, are under the Ancient One's control. I don't know if I believe that they're under the Ancient One's control so much. Yeah. But I do like the idea that the Ancient Ones have kind of, like, created them. Or, like, they're leftovers, maybe, from back in the day that the Ancient Ones had just to fuck with people or cause a they're lot just of collecting they're just collecting the the people like like the family they secretly attacked them for the for for the sacrifice that year or whatever and then uh they just kept their bodies and turned them into fam- zombies <laughs> hillbilly zombies what was it again what is it called the buckner hillbilly family or whatever the hillbilly yeah. family zombies whatever but yeah they they really don't give any indication of where they gathered all these things from but i guess it's an interesting idea but anyways so the main concept is believed to be a parody of the cthulhu mythos by famous author hp lovecraft had never heard of it before this and that then i was like watching a show and they talked about or they mentioned cthulhu and then in dungeons and daddies they mentioned cthulhu it was weird that like the universe just like came together wait you've never heard of cthulhu really Uh -uh. uh-uh oh shit yeah Yeah, it's really cool man i mean i have an hp love i have hp lovecraft books and so 
I've read it and stuff like that. But yeah, I'd never didn't know anything about it. But Wikipedia <clears throat> says that one of the ongoing themes in Lovecraft's work is the complete irrelevance, this is a quote, of mankind in the face of the cosmic horrors that apparently exist in the universe. Hmm. So basically the Cthulhu mythos is a loosely connected series of horror stories written by H.P. Lovecraft and a few other authors. Uh, his version was first published in 1928. Many of these, co I think that was the first one anyways. And a lot of the cults in the mythos serve the outer god Nyarlathotep. <laughs> These are all awful names. <laughs> it's like they were just like drawing consonants and vowels out of a hat and being like, how are we going to spell this name? Um, Nyarlathotep, the crawling chaos, which is a shape-shifting creature that appears in a myriad of disguises. So kind Lovely. of like Loki. That's what it sounds like. Uh, other cults are dedicated to the cause of the Great Old Ones, which are a group of powerful alien beings currently imprisoned or otherwise resting in a death-like sleep. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Very much so. Because they live under yeah. your basement, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So here's a quote from H.P. Lovecraft's Selected Letters. And it says, now all my tales are based on the fundamental premise that common human laws and interests and emotions have no validity or significance in the vast cosmos at large. To me, there's nothing but purality in a tale. Sorry. Purilil, pur, purility. When it's italicized, the I's and the L's all blended together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's bad. <laughs> Uh, nothing but purility and a tale, I don't even know what that word means, in which the human form and the local human passions and conditions and standards are depicted as native or native to other worlds or other universes. That's like a common theme in a lot of like sci-fi um, that they don't understand, that robots and aliens can't understand our way of like emotions, like how emotional we are. Like Spock. Uh they are... So wait, go ahead. I looked up purility or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's um marked by or suggested suggesting childness and, and immaturity. Oh, like puberty. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I don't, don't know. I don't really I don't know. know if anyone's told you today, but we are doing a phenomenological job today. <laughs> phenomenological. 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 I love it. I forgot about that. Anyways. Uh, to achieve the essence of real externality, whether of time or space or dimension, one must forget that such things as organic life, good and evil, love and hate, and all such local attributes of a negligible and temporary race called mankind have any existence at all. Basically, right. fuck humans. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know if that was the moral of that, but that's how I felt. Uh, there are... 45 great old ones associated with Lovecraft that I could find anyways. And more than like 10 were added by other authors that like some authors created stories that were kind of like that. And then H.P. Lovecraft would like reference them in his own writings and they would kind of like go back and forth. So they're all kind of considered one big thing. It's kind of complicated. But 
If you are looking for unique pet names, I very much recommend checking out the list. For an example, <laughs> one of the ones that I looked at was Asathoth. <laughs> I don't know, I just picture someone in the dog park being like, Asathoth, come here, come here, Asathoth. <laughs> people would, people would. Well, there's like actually some pretty cool names on there that are really unique. But uh, this one, it cracked me up because it is also known as, and I have to make this bigger because I can't read it because I made it really tiny. The Blind Idiot God, <clears throat> Nuclear Chaos, Damon Sultan, Abyssal Idiot, Lord of All, Him in the Gulf, The Deep Dark, The Cold One, Sleeping Chaos, Supreme Lord and Creator of All Things, uh, Blind Dreamer, King of All. Primordial Demiurge, Chaos Sultan, and then a bunch of other like non English ones. But I just thought it was That's funny a lot that it. Vakvaraj. I don't know. I tried. I tried. Vakvaraj. Um, they went from like the blind idiot god to like king, king of, of all. all. <laughs> a lord of all. Yeah. King. Yeah. That's just. What a twist. A twist. But it's a cool picture. It's uh, like yeah, a, it looks like a. It looks like um um, like a tremor thing. But it reminds me of tentacles. the uh, Men in Black Two, the worm that's Jeff uh, in the subway. Yeah, Jeff we in the subway station. Just watched all of those because they're. On I Netflix. couldn't remember if it was Jeff or not, and so I didn't want to say it. But I think it, it's that's Jeff. what it reminds me of because he even has like the round mouth and stuff. Yeah, this one just doesn't look. It, it's got tentacles instead of like a worm, but yeah, yeah that's a good. That's a good pull. Thanks. And then Appreciate just that. real quick, a reminder of the general rules of the ritual. Uh, the ritual is performed once a year with multiple satellite locations contributing. Those who are being sacrificed must be you young or youthful. I don't know if that qualifies for every single. Uh. Like all of them, or if that's just an assumption everyone made. Because each right. group kind of follows their own rules. I don't know. It just so happened that the two we saw, they were youthful. Uh, yeah. If at least one of the worldwide rituals is completed, then the gods will be satiated for another year. But if all the rituals fail, then they are released from their like prison, basically, and destroy the world. Or humanity. Basically, no big deal. Yeah, not at all. Uh, finally, each location has a different set of rules, as we said. If completed correctly, the ceremony will be accepted by the ancient ones. So the Japanese ritual is one of the ones we saw. I kind of talked about it in the last episode in more detail of like what they were referencing. Um, but this one is supposed to be, I guess, like a shout out to the horror film Ringu or The Ring. And... They feature an even younger age group of like a bunch of, I don't know, elementary oh, school girls. Yeah. The yeah, I I would almost say it's more close. I mean, granted, it's probably based on the ring, but I feel like it's more like a a grudge feeling. I floating like and stuff. But yeah. Like a mix of the two, the ring and the grudge. That's that's my personal feeling, but that's just me. I think it's in general. I don't. I would be hard-pressed to say that it's 
specific to a single movie and not just a shout out to the genre of J-horror in general. I would agree. I would agree. Um, then there's the Swedish ritual, which had that footage from Dante's Peak in it. And they the assumption is that this is referencing like disaster films uh, as like a genre. And it's believed that natural disaster is required for them to be completed. But to me, that seems... Unreli- really unreliable for like every year yeah to i don't know does that mean they're creating a natural disaster because that seems like Maybe. they can't control like that a, yeah it sounds like a terrible idea but well then you'd think the rest of the world would pick up on one specific location having a shit ton of natural disasters every single year yeah i don't know this Is seems Swedish known for having natural disasters is Swedish or Sweden? Sweden. <laughs> so good today. I'm so on top of things. You know what I meant. Um, but like, are they? I I don't I know. know. I'm not really privy to the natural disasters of the world. <laughs> That's fair. But they, I mean, I would think if you were going to do a natural disaster one, you'd want to be, you'd want to do something like an island, like Hawaii, where you could do a myriad of natural disasters you could do hurricanes tsunamis volcanoes earthquakes like it all qualifies yeah um but yeah i think that although that could be a nod to disaster films i don't think a natural disaster specific to their ritual seems unlikely yeah. to me it just seems yeah this seems really hard uh there's the argentinian ritual which apparently the screen for buenos aires showed a giant ape like king kong style creature and this of course is a parody of like giant monster films Mm -hmm. um i don't know again what that says specifically about their ritual but whatever and then of course we've already gone over like the american ritual specifically which of course includes the cabin and a bunch of haunted like creatures we gotta choose the item the kid well the kids the 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 uh, the sacrifices <laughs> they have to the choose sac- how they're gonna die by the items that they choose and so when I they mean, go like we it could also be argued that they all have like items involved and that what we saw was just like the product of whatever items got chosen so yeah who knows so in the basement when they go down there's a whole bunch of random bullshit <laughs> <laughs> the end that's the episode Katie summed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. There was bullshit. Um, bullshit got called. Shit they, happened. They picked it up. It was terrible. So uh, summoning items is also kind of featured in the story with like Necronomicon from H.P. Lovecraft's mythos. You said so, that so fluently. I'm so proud of you. The Necronomicon? Yes. Well, that's because I know what that is. <laughs> um, Horror fanatic, man. Horror fanatic. It's also uh, a major reference to like the main influence for the film, which is Evil Dead. Obviously, that's that's no question. I mean, they're in a cabin in the woods. They do certain shots the same way. There's a tree, the molesting tree, which we'll get to later. Like, there's a whole bunch of references to Evil Dead, and it's one of my favorite movies. And I think the remake is fucking perfect, which I think we need to do that movie too. Um, but yeah, 
Evil Dead. So let's get into the things in the attic that are known with their monsters. <laughs> and this is where I'm going to mention again, but specifically the name, <laughs> uh, the outstanding book called The Visual Companion to the film, which features items, monsters, and behind-the-scenes photos and notes for the film. Um, most of the Im information on the items and monsters comes from that book and people just like adding it to wiki pages and stuff like that. Uh, so let's get started. Obviously, there's a conch shell for that gross ass merman and his beautiful blowhole, blowhole, blowhole. <laughs> God damn. That blowhole has a blowhole. <laughs> um, which, you know, the cleanup is probably a disaster. That would fucking suck. Listen, okay. I'm going to sidebar real quick because you just reminded okay. me of something. Okay. I've decided that we need to build a housing development where everybody who moves in picks a house from a like a horror film or something and they build that house so everybody like it'll be we'll call it halloween town and every house will be a house from a film right that'd be so hard to choose so listen and then we'll have a couple of hills in the back for like the rich people that can have one of them will be like the edward scissorhands castle and oh, stuff like you. that and house on haunted hill Boom. yeah there you go stuff like that right and every <laughs> evening and weekend we'll open up it'll be a gated community we'll open up the gated community to tours and people can do like a driving tour we'll go all out for halloween everything will be paid for by these tours people will pay out the ass uh people who own the houses can choose to allow walking tours through their whatever that's too many details yeah. this is how my brain works right okay a psycho house so yeah. what i'm getting at <laughs> Is that yes. at the entrance, there will be a water fountain that will be the merman and his blowhole. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the Can we put red food coloring in the fountain? Yes, that will be. This is, yeah, this is happening. We're going to start a Patreon. All funds Dude, will go to buying cool the property. For this. That neighborhood would be so fucking cool, man. But that'd be so hard to choose, like, which horror house you would want. Because, like, I have so many that would be so cool. Like, uh, the house in the new, uh, the most recent Conjuring, it's like a corner-facing house. Yeah. And it's so, huge. Yeah. That's like a dream house of mine. But, like, so, think of the Adams Family house or, or fucking, like, Edward Scissorhands castle. Like, that's too many choices. <laughs> yeah. The way I see it is... We hire a contractor and architect. They design the houses, the outside of the houses. People can pick based off their price points, you know, which house they want. The inside can be whatever you want. The charm uh, house. The outside will be, you know, the house. And then if you want to do walking tours, obviously you could have the inside of your house look more thematic. But yeah. What I would give to have the charmed house. <gasps> what am i talking about the hocus pocus house i'm a fucking idiot that uh... i want the house from midnight margaritas um 
Oh, Practical Magic. Yeah, yeah. that house is oh, awesome. God. With like the greener. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah or Stu's, Stu's house. You know, any of those. But anyways. Fucking Stu's house. God damn it. There's too many choices. I'd have like four houses in this. You know, I'd have like seven houses in this you community. Know, listen, That's a terrible idea. Listeners, if you're in on this, tell us which house should be included. <laughs> this is happening. Yeah, man. <laughs> Give us ideas. Um, uh, yeah, tell us what we missed. Anyways, let's get back to the attic. <laughs> This is a beautiful idea, though. God damn. Right? That's my idea. We should just make a, one of our short episodes just about that idea. <laughs> just tell us <laughs> the house um, we want. So there's a puzzle sphere that belongs to the guy with that hat that has like the buzz saws through his head, um, which, you know, just makes me think of Hellraiser. <laughs> well, good, because that's what he's based on. Yeah, no, exactly. But we'll get, again, we're going to get to that. Uh, his name is Fornicus, I believe, right? And he sounds the like Lord such a of... dirty word. <laughs> well, what are you doing, only... Fornicus? <laughs> well, like <laughs> it only makes sense because he's the Lord of Bondage and Pain. So, like, I mean, masochists and sadists probably love that guy. But fornicating is just sex in general, so so it just fits with the fucking theme. <laughs> just saying. Uh, <laughs> He is a part of the Cenobite species, which is um, in Hellraiser. Uh, the Cenobites are fictional, extra-dimensional, seemingly demonic beings who appear in the works of Clive Barker, because he's fucking phenomenal. He's introduced uh, or introduced by Barker in 1986 with their his novella, The Hellbound Heart. Um, they also appear in the sequel novel, The Scarlet Gospels, the Hellraiser films, blah, blah, blah. And in Hellraiser comics, but comic books published in 1987 and 2017, we have those comic books, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's he's a solid reference from Pinhead, Pinhead from Hellraiser. I mean, he even it's not a it's not a far jump and leap from what Pinhead looks like to what Fornicus looks like. He's pretty mellow too. I like that he wasn't outwardly aggressive. Well, and that's exactly what like Pinhead is like, because he's he's just calmly like, "You're coming with me. You're dead. So, I'm gonna take your soul." Kind of situation. I've never seen Hellraiser, so I don't really know any of that stuff. Oh, it's one of Andy's favorites. What's the deal? Do you know what the deal is with the sphere? Like, is that what triggers? It's, it's what it's what brings. Um, so when like in in Hellraiser, when you open the box, that's what brings the Cenobites to you and brings Hellraiser to you, and basically is like. Oh, you open the box. We're going to come take your soul and kill you. <laughs> kind of oh, dealing. You're going to so come live in. Kind of Pandora boxy. Okay. Basically. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, he does have telekinetic powers and has the ability to summon like lengths of chain to ensure and like render his victims helpless as he tortures and kills them. So that's also very much just like Pinhead because Pinhead controls chains and shit like that, too. Um, that's another thing. I don't know if that's in the book where it says like, oh, that's what he can do. Or if they just pulled that from how Razor's saying, oh, well, if he's a Cenobite, then he can do these things. I don't know. It makes sense. I mean, though, but yeah. Yeah. So next one. There's video reels belonging to this mysterious, mysterious, mysterious Kevin. So I and... looked really hard to figure out who Kevin is. Right. Are you ready? Yeah. On a wiki page. He is described as a quiet, normal-looking person with a small smile on his face 
who calmly walks through the post-purge chaos until he comes across an injured guard. He then proceeds to exsanguinate him in a second. That's what they described him as. That's it. That's all I got about Kevin. Exsanguinate mean? Uh, like drain of blood. Oh, lovely. Um, like Dexter. Think Dexter is kind of what Kevin is. Yeah. Is like based on I think so the wiki theories for his inspiration include the concept of a person with an outwardly normal appearance and non-threatening demeanor who is nonetheless extremely dangerous such as Norman Bates from Psycho Uh, they posturize postulate I don't know if posturize is a word (laughs) they postulate that uh, he may be named after kevin from sin city who fits the same description the director's comments reveal it is most likely the title character kevin from the novel and film we need to talk about kevin in which the child kevin displays sadistic violent tendencies lovely fact that kevin is summoned by a film strip film strip may also be a reference to the character patrick bateman from american psycho because Bateman uses the excuse, I have to return some videotapes to leave a social situation to go on another murder spree. Yep. Or does he? Uh, It is also possible that he was inspired by the juggernaut from the 13 Ghosts, as both were serial killers who would dismember people. That one, to me, does not make sense and is a huge reach. Yeah. Um, I think he's meant to be more of just like a in general concept of humans that are just look not like the serial killer that looks dangerous or looks perfectly normal but is incredibly dangerous yeah um there's also a lot of comments for kevin (laughs) that mention kevin McAllister from home alone he just grew up to be a fucking serial killer um no i think the idea is that he you like summon him and then he sets a bunch of traps in the cabin and everyone <laughs> dies by those traps. <laughs> That's the idea. By getting hit in the face with a fucking paint can. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. That's Kevin. Kevin. That's Kevin. I hope to not meet <laughs> Kevin. But Yeah, that's a scary, scary situation. Uh, the next item is the necklace and necklace. God damn it. It's the necklace and the wedding dress combo that belongs to the bride. Um, she is never seen, but Horror Wiki thinks that uh, she may be a trope of horror films such as Bride of Frankenstein, Bride of Chucky, Bride of the Creature, like from the Black Lagoon. Basically, uh, the blood, anything all the with bride the... movies that yep. out there. Uh, there's a lot of horror films that have bride in the title, and so it, it's just been continuing. Um, since forever yeah i don't Uh, again i don't think she's i think a lot of these monsters aren't a specific specific but more just general yeah just a call to they were just trying to bring in any horror genre reference they could yeah pretty much they were trying to include include all the all the all the genres and make it a true horror film with everything in it i think I, think, I love this film. I think they've described it as like their love letter to horror. Or something. Cool, okay. Um the next one is a separate amulet brought on the werewolf, which uh 
we'll discuss in or we already discussed last episode because we talked a lot about the werewolf for a minute (laughs) and then i have to apologize katie because i told you in the last episode that the ballerina music box uh who obviously brings on the toothpaste ballerina that she Uh was not the sugar plum fairy but what i found is that we were both correct (laughs) she is both the sugar plum fairy sugar my gosh (laughs) (laughs) we are so good at this um the sugar plum fairy and the ballerina dentata so okay. i guess she is named ballerina dentata in the companion novel and then in the film she's actually referred to as the sugar plum fairy Woohoo! i was right yay <laughs> of course that's referencing creepy things black swan pan's labyrinth the nutcracker Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, and the Tooth Fairy Matilda from Darkness Falls. Lots of stuff. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great movies, though. Um, She's got that weird face, though. It's the appearance of, like, the head-bearing teeth filled, like, with... What is ma? That's like a jaw. Oh, okay. Um, But... It's it's a big circle mouth with lots of teeth in it, and it's somewhat similar to the lurker in Silent Hill: Homecoming, and also parallels to the myth of the bad uh, vagina dentata, which, which explains the name ballerina dentata. Yeah. So that's le le ballerina or the sugar plum fairy. <laughs> uh. There's also a psychic carnival game, which brings on the clowns, obviously. There's Are you afraid of clowns? I used to be. I really didn't love clowns. Like, I used to be legit scared of them. And then I started acting at the haunted house, and I became a clown. And then I realized how fun it is. <laughs> and now I'm not scared of clowns. I love fucking around with them and stuff, so. I have a friend who's terrified. And if you even send, like, an emoji... Of a clown head, she just like she can't. It'll just huh. fuck up her whole day. Something that I found very interesting was that the wiki page was talking about like the fear of clowns, uh, mm-hmm. and it referenced John Wayne Gacy, mm-hmm. which I had never really put together because people like are like, oh, why are people so afraid of clowns? Like they're not evil, right? Um, but John Wayne Gacy is like a good reason why people became very suspicious of clowns <laughs> throw back to stitches um so we i just stitches, I, did we? huh did we not did we do stitches what stitches it's a horror it's a movie about clowns maybe no. we didn't okay well we should do it sometime it's really funny okay but... i've never even heard of it so it sounds great oh okay but yeah i just i never really looked for that so yeah john wayne gacy was crazy uh, that actually sparked a big scare for clowns but then like we also the a couple years back we had that big um like clown like random clown appearances where just clowns would be see but that was based off of the fear of clowns so i was trying to figure out like where did the fear of clowns originate Mm -hmm. right the chicken or the egg but right but yeah i just i'd never really like put that together 
Yeah, so that's the uh, that's the items that you see for sure. Um, There's also a painting of a unicorn, which obviously brings forth the spearing unicorn. The unicorn, which is awesome. Um, so items seen and the guesses of who they summon are kind of what we're going for in this point, because uh, you don't get a lot and you just got to guess. <laughs> so there's a hatchet or a gnome statue. Because people are scared of gnomes for some reason, but um, it's it's we think that's to the garden gnome boy that's there because on the list. So you can apparently you can see the garden gnome boy in one of the cubes holding a hatchet. I think I don't think hmm. you can actually see him in the film. I think people they put a picture of it in that companion book of the uh, creature in the film, and it's used when they like zoom out and you see all the boxes. Um, I think that's where he's at. But, of course, people are afraid of little things like trolls, leprechauns, gremlins. Shout out, shout out to our leprechaun episode. Many le- leprechaun episodes. <laughs> Too many movies. Uh, uh, Arl yeah. Stein has a book called The Revenge of the Lawn Gnome. Apparently, there's a Scottish fairy called the Red Cap. This was super interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Wikipedia, the Red Cap would... F- I'm sorry. His name is Redcap. He's a fairy, but he would fling stones at people who stayed in his cave. And if he killed them, he would soak his cap in their blood, giving it a crimson hue. He is unaffected by human strength, but can be driven away by words of scripture or by the brandishing of a crucifix, which cause him to utter a dismal yell and vanish in flames, leaving behind a large tooth. Strange. There yeah. are red cap figures in Dungeons and Dragons, so I wonder if there are anything like that at all. Ooh, you should Google that. Let's see. Uh, there's red. a noose, which they think uh, summons the Ku Klux Klan. The uh, owl feather or an owl statue apparently calls forth giant owls. Apparently, like, giant animals specifically were a big common monster owls are also the source of some anomalous sightings for example the mothman creature is suspected to be misidentified barn owl there's um i have a big ass owl tattooed uh, on me because they're my favorite animal so but also harry potter yeah man uh i did look up red caps in dungeons and dragons they are evil murderous fey with an insatiable bloodlust I don't know if you heard that, but Vax is whining to get out of the room. Uh, they resemble small, tough, and elderly human men or undersized wiz- wizened gnomes standing about three to four tall. So, yeah, I mean, they're old-looking little beady bastards who like to kill constantly. Oh, so they need to kill constantly in order to continue existing, absorbing a little of the essence of everything they slay. So that's a red cap for you. Going back to owls, I think it's Hecate, who's commonly featured with an owl. Hecate? Uh, Yeah, the owl of the three-faced goddess. Is always oh. a good sign. Hecate's owl. But yeah, I just 
You reminded me of that. It also makes me think of Labyrinth. Because um, there's a beautiful barn owl in that. But uh, there's a millipede fossil, which this would be terrifyingly gross. I don't like millipedes. <laughs> um, they're so icky. Yeah. But it, it could be for like a the giant millipede that's out there. Um, possible inspiration could be from the 2005 video game Percy Jackson's King Kong. Peter Jackson. Peter. Oh. Percy Jackson's a book. <laughs> My mind um. read what it wanted to read. Uh, do that. Nope, I'm leaving uh, it so, in there. Just keep going. <laughs> okay, so Peter Jackson's King Kong. Uh, there's a giant millipede-like creatures that attack and stalk the player throughout the game, along with other giant creatures from, like, the dinosaur age. Uh, the film on which the game is based also featured a scene in which character characters are attacked by giant uh, arthropods after falling into a ravine. So, Side note, have you heard bugs. about the video game Stray? Yes, I have it. Connor wants it. <laughs> I have. It's, dude, Fred will sit in front of the fucking TV and just watch this cat wander. It's so funny. So, for our listeners, Stray, um, if, if you haven't heard of it, you're living under a rock. Um, yeah. It's a video game where you play as a stray cat, basically. Yep. Uh, my 10-year-old wants it. <laughs> it's really yeah. interesting. He was but telling yeah. me about the little robot. That mm-hmm. he'd be friends. So. Anyways. And you can carry a backpack. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll see. Dismemberment. Have- Go ahead. I have it. I have Stray. It's fun. <laughs> uh, but- there are dismembered children toys. And they are supposed to bring forth the dismemberment goblins. And they are meant to be chaotic and fun. Like Pain and Panic and Hercules. Uh, also think the gingerbread men in Krampus. Yes. Yeah. Joss Joss Whedon says there were some takes where they were like more prominently featured. And one of them was a scene where they were driving around in the golf cart hitting people. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, Do you remember when we almost tipped the golf cart at golf camp? We weren't at golf camp. That was just when we went golfing by ourselves. But yes. Oh, no. was it? Yeah. We were perfect drivers, always respectful. We're professional, remember? Yeah, professionals. We never do anything <laughs> bad. Nope. We're uh, angels. There's also angels. drums, which may bring forth the Huron. Huron? That's such a weird word. Huron. Okay. Uh, according to the director commentary, the concept for the Huron supposedly stemmed from the fear Early North American colonists and settlers had of savage, quote, Native Americans. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I think uh, they uh, kept him out of it because he, his character was meant to be the stereotype of a Native American that uh, Native colonists, American colonists, sorry. Hey, hush. Um, he's meant to represent, like, the worst stereotype of a Native American that we ever see in Westerns. Yeah. And 
rightfully so (laughs) i think it's less about the controversy and more that people wouldn't have understood that it was meant to be based on the fear and uh would fair okay you're right controversy because people wouldn't understand what they were trying to say and just be like oh you're racist sons of bitches so exactly (laughs) smart it was a smart smart idea on their part though yeah yeah so uh, you also see Buzzsaw, so that feature, a Buzzsaw, which, um, you know, there's a killer robot that just is going around sawing people, <laughs> which I think is hilarious, but um, there's also a pair of small stuffed animals, which uh, reference, or which brings forth the twins, which is a solid um, uh inspiration there we go that's the word uh from the shining which obviously has the twins that want danny to come play with them good movie uh there's also an urn that brings forth the wraiths which is kind of like that white dementor thing that you see um a wraith is a scottish uh, dialect word for ghost or spirit uh, they're said to be death omens who appear to anyone whose death is impending. Oh, there's wraiths in the TV show What We Do in the Shadows, and they're really entertaining. <laughs> so, yeah, in this one, they aren't so much an omen as they are just outright killing people. <laughs> yeah, they're just, yeah. At this, I I want to say it's because they've been held in this box, and so they're like, fuck you guys. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, there's an That's my, my alligator hand necklace, giant alligator, reptile claw, reptilius, which is that giant reptile thing. Uh, the plastic bag is supposed to bring forth the suffocator, which, again, is like reference to true life serial killers and also possibly Black Christmas. Yep. yep. Uh, which is yeah, a very good seen. reference. Um I think it was Drew Goddard said the suffocator was one of the creepier ones for him just because it was like really it's like more true life yeah. dark. It, it it could happen. It's 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 easily seen. It was like it is like one of the darker parts of the film is when they're going through the screens showing you know how people are getting murdered. This one yeah. and then the one where the people in the masks or the dolls are like burning people mm-hmm. alive, basically. That's really dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of the dolls, there is a doll mask, which obviously brings forth the dolls. Um, they're mask wearing slash of film style villains who show no emotion because they have those dolls plastered masks and they relentlessly hunt down and kill uh, their victims, such as Michael Myers from Halloween or... Um, pretty much any slasher <laughs> yeah and the Since strangers the, which i think you mentioned in yeah. the last one yeah it, it was a i think i i 100 thought it was a, a strangers kind of situation but since the dolls work as a group rather than individually it's why they resemble the strangers a bit more from the 2008 horror movie what's the there's also a second one which is kind of weird what's the new one where he's wearing a mask no, there's the, I, um, the new film where he wears the mask, the phone one. Oh, black phone. Black phone. Would you relate that to the dolls? Uh, no. Okay, I haven't seen it. No, so I don't know. No, that film's 
totally different and we're gonna do that next because i have lots to say about it cool and that's what i'm gonna say um, um so the re- i'm gonna burn through the rest real quick so we can get to something interesting yeah that's fine these ones There's are a lot very obvious so yeah they're very straightforward i didn't do any deep dive a bottle of blood is the vampire's jar preserved octopus tentacle interesting that's that kraken a jar of tree mm-hmm. sap the angry molesting tree i don't know how someone would interact with the tree sap but uh yeah i wonder if they would have to like open it and like dip their finger in or smell it i don't know taste it i don't know uh there's a collection of vials and tonics and a chest alongside a gas mask in tonic which brings forth the mutants a satanic bible or other dark scripture brings forth demons an alien egg uh, is the alien beast snake skin the giant snake a shield is a creature with pattern segments of armor on its head uh, a scarecrow or pitchfork we talked about the scarecrow inspiration in the last one a cat statue or cat toys brings forth a giant cat we got cats just whoop, whoop. that's the first movie in a minute we've done that had cats i know uh there is a the necrona ne- you have to say necronomicon it. There you go. The Necronomicon book in there, I guess, uh, which brings forth the Deadites or maybe some other form of like a Cthulhu creature. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe just like a cult, like a specific cult or something. Um, Sledgehammer is the man in transparent tarp, which is a reference to the character uh, Giorgio in the movie Castle Freak. I've never heard of it. Have you? Nope. Interesting. Uh, there's a bat tooth for the dragon bat, a broken meteorite, the blob, obviously. Yeah. Uh, surgical tools, the doctor's lizard skin or fossil, the giant lizard, spiderweb, giant tarantula, obviously, tarot cards, crystals, and love potions, sexy witches. So in the last one, we were trying to figure out the difference between sexy witches and witches. Here's what right. Here's what Google thinks. Uh, and I think Drew Goddard specified this as well sexy witches is like the tv witches so think the craft sabrina um you know vampire diaries tarot cards love potions that kind of stuff like the cute high school witches kind of a thing um and then there's a book of shadows witches which is the sanderson sisters uh just like a floating evil witch (laughs) like um he the picture is just like this white i don't know skeletal thing of a witch so i don't know what that is a reference to because i haven't read or seen movies where they're featured like that but um well the description the lady that sucks the soul out of out of you Hocus Pocus, the Sanderson sisters. They literally No, take but it's the not life. it's not a person. It's like a ghost, like that skeleton ghost thing. Oh. Hmm. So I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Uh the Minotaur horn, obvious to the Minotaur. Egyptian dagger or burial item is the mummy, jack-o'-lantern decorations, obviously the jack-o'-lantern, snow globe, snowman, deer antlers, giant deers, biohazard contents are the zombies, voodoo dolls, bring the reanimated. Lovely. Fun random monsters. Uh, 
a cow skull giant. It is seen in the behind the scenes video in Army of Nightmares, but is an unfinished version of the Bullhead Phantom, which I guess was a creature they were trying to do. There's the Charger, Hunter, Smoker, Tank, Boomer, and possibly that witch, which are based on the monsters from Left 4 Dead. Which is my favorite video game on this planet. Was the only game I really played as a kid with Katie. And it was me basically trying to walk upstairs without falling down and her being like, let's go! And then triggering everything. And me being like, Spin and shoot! Spin and shoot! Spin and shoot! That's all I did. (laughs) I was like, I can't aim. Tyler got it because he really wants me to like play video games because he loves games and I just hate, I hate playing video games. I'm playing Elden Ring right now and it's actually pretty fun. I just, I hate video games. Nothing appeals to me. I mean, that's fair. But I like the horror games, and Elden Ring's kind of fun. I tried really hard to play with him, but I suck. And I think he got really frustrated. But we haven't played since. I do also like Call of Duty, but only online. (laughs) But anyways, um, there was supposed to be a video game that accompanied the release of this film where you could play inside the facility and the cabin but because mgm went bankrupt they lost the funding for it and it never actually happened but also it's been 10 years anyone could have made it between now and then so let's get on it yeah for real uh there are the reavers from firefly who rape torture murder skin and eat although not always in that order they're victims lovely that just sounds lovely right awful uh the old man is briefly seen as a mask for one of the finished monster suits for the zombies in the behind the scene video in army of nightmares there's the red fiend who is also seen as a mask for one of the finished monster suits possibly for the demons in the behind the scenes video in army of nightmares Uh, so apparently go watch an army of nightmares because they just talk about how they made all the monsters So there are four major types of creatures in this whole thing. There's the supernatural, which um, these are the monsters that possess the qualities and abilities um, not conforming to known laws of science. So, you know, those lovely, like, ghosts and things. You good? Just keep going. (laughs) There's psychopaths. Uh, which are the monsters uh, that are just psychopathic, otherwise violently insane humans, the dolls, things like that. Uh, Folkloric creatures. These are the monsters that have their origins in folklore, legends, and myths, like we said, Cthulhu, Leprechaun, things like that. And then common phobias, of course, which are monsters that are, um, are the embodiment of various common fears and phobias, aka the clowns and stuff like that. Minor types include dead humans, which are the deceased humans that have been brought back to life in an undead state. So the Buckners, zombies, demons, uh, demonic creatures from a biblical hell, pretty straightforward. Uh, Extraterrestrials, the monsters that originate from the same world other than Earth. Not the same world. (laughs) They originate from some world other than Earth. And then giant animals, just larger than normal animals, sometimes larger than the laws of nature that would allow them to be real. So, uh, yeah. I don't think that one dated 
explanations? Probably not, you know. They're they're pretty straightforward on that, but nevertheless. <clears throat> and then, of course, there's monsters that are only mentioned in the novelization of this movie, because apparently there's a novel that goes with it as well. Well, now I want to read it. <laughs> uh, so, some of these are fun. Boil-covered monster, the crack-skinned lava people, mm. dog with an alligator head. What the fuck? Evil children, obviously. Yeah. Uh, uh, children of the corn, right there. Oh, there you go. Exploding shard babies. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm wondering if they like continually explode or if they can only explode once. They just cry and it just like explodes. Oh yeah, Sorry. maybe. <laughs> or maybe their cries like give out like shards. Or like it causes it, like it hits a frequency that causes stuff to explode. Maybe. 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 Uh, there's a fire-mouthed woman. Me. It's cool. <laughs> a four-eyed creature with mouth like a sea creatures. Okay. Giant rabbit. Infant creatures. Wait, Man. mouth like a sea creature. Does it mean like we got fishy mouth? Sorry, I had to. Can you I just was... imagine a giant creature with a fishy mouth? <laughs> I was thinking more like Captain Barbados. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was like tentacly and stuff. A uh, man with steaming pipes in his chest. Sounds uncomfortable. Okay. Scorpion stinger woman. I Lovely. Okay. Uh, the rock in The Mummy 2. <laughs> yeah. A screaming the banshee. Yeah, screaming banshee. Go. Charmed. Boom. When Phoebe turns into a screaming banshee. Oh, there you go. Uh... Why did she turn into the Banshee? Is that because of Cole? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, six-armed man. <laughs> Great. Snake pubic hair woman. So, like... What the fuck? What's the mythical Medusa, one? Medusa, but... Yeah. Not Medusa. Medusa, but it's her pubes. The, what the... the what kind of monsters Vajusa? are these? This is why they didn't make it to the movie. Yeah. A three-headed child. Toxic... Like three-headed... It's fluffy from harry potter there you go but in a kid yeah a toxic gross. ghostly figure and a woman with a tooth vagina well that one's just from another movie that, yeah i was like that's that's straight up taken from uh i don't remember what, it's called, what it's called the vagina dentata yeah anyways the I true meaning is it called teeth maybe they should have called it tooths yeah, it's totally teeth. This girl has fucking has a vagina that has teeth in it. Do you think the woman with the toothed vagina has had an affair with the woman with snake pubic hair? Uh, they might like each other. I don't know. Or do you think the snake pubic hair woman specifically stays away from the toothed vagina? She might lose some snakes down there. <laughs> oh, my puppy agreed. So yep. the true meaning of the ritual from the mouth of Drew Goddard himself, is, quote, One thing that you didn't seem to talk about was the entire film was an allegory for horror audience. The ancient gods were us, the viewers, who demanded to be more and more entertained by the rituals. They explained that the old days, you could just tie a girl to a stone and sacrifice her, but the gods now demanded to be entertained in bigger and better ways. So we've talked about this before, how, like, horror itself has had to adjust over the years because people yeah. want 
blood, gore, and nastiness. Like, the way the Chain Ghosts has gone from where it was, like, this black and white cheesy thing to, like, what it became. So. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's true. There's actually a reference when uh, they redid Evil Dead. They, uh, the new directors went back to the original producers and they said, what, what would you want, what would you have wanted to do in your film that you couldn't do back in the day? And they were like, we wanted blood because they weren't allowed to use so much blood. And so that's why you see all the different, like, colors that come out of people in the original Evil Dead. And that's why you have so much blood in the new one is because that's what they originally wanted. And I think that's really cool. So there's that. Uh, I mean, that's the opposite of what he's trying to say, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Horror genre. We want more. Well, it's cause, right? It's, yeah, it's because it's changed. Um, and let's see. The killers come from the nightmares of their people. So the Japanese faced something out of Ring or Zhuan, while the U.S. dealt with something out of Friday the 13th. So Johnny Weaver's character explains that the lesser demons were captured by humanity and used for the gods' amusements in the ritual. I guess I missed that in the film because I missed that explanation, but he just spelled it out for us where they came from. (laughs) So if you look at the horror creatures boxed up in their cubes, it represents all the films they are talking about. The Razorhead guy... Hellraiser, blah, blah, blah. The two control technicians were the producers controlling everything except the storyline, which they let write itself. Sojourney Weaver's character is even credited as the director. When the fool lets the ancient gods destroy humanity at the end, it essentially is telling the horror genre that it needs to start anew with fresh blood. The giant hand crashes down on the audience itself. I think it was originally done in 3D or something like that. Um, I read that Joss Whedon was quoted as calling the film a loving hate letter to the horror genre. Uh, So there's also a Reddit page about it. um, And one of the people who commented, their name was Colossal Abyss. And I was like, wow, what an awesome band name that would be. (laughs) But yeah. So that was basically explaining all of our questions in a way. Um, some people were commenting that they really disliked the God hand at the end and they would have loved for it to have been like a tentacle or uh, something less human looking, which I also think would have been really cool. Um, yeah. Instead of just like a giant fist to the world kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, you can't come up here. There's also a couple other random facts about this movie, like uh, Heather Langenkep. Langenkep. Um, <laughs> she is best known for playing Nancy in a Nightmare on Elm Street series uh, and is very well known. She and her husband, David Leroy Anderson, also do pros- prosthetic makeup, uh, monster costumes, and makeup effects through their company AFX Studios, which she is listed in the credits as Heather L. Anderson. So we t- we did talk about like Leroy Anderson a lot, but I did not realize that she was part of that. I I had no idea that they were married, so I think that's kind of cool. Um, and then finally, Drew Goddard did do a Reddit thread where it was "Ask Me Anything," hmm. and what I learned from that was 
that when he was asked which monster he would choose to torture him, he said sexy witches, obviously. <laughs> yeah. He probably would have ended up... Oh, he said that of all the items in the basement, the one he would probably have actually picked up, he said, I would have blown the shit out of the conch. Yep. His favorite <laughs> movie 10 years ago, when he did that dream or whatever, was mm -hmm. Blade Runner. But specifically, his favorite horror movie was The Thing. So that okay. was cool. We, I understand that reference now. That is a great yeah. movie. It is a good movie. Um, he also said one of the people he would love to work with most was John Carpenter. It all comes back to Halloween. His mm -hmm. favorite character to write mm -hmm. exactly. has yep. been Spike mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. Buffy. Yeah, yeah, I know, because he's been fucking phenomenal. James Marsters is amazing. I'm in love with that man. I've met him. He hugged me. It was a beautiful moment. I have always been a Spike girl, always will be a Spike girl, and I have no shame about it. I love him. Anyways. Just <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it all comes back to Buffy, man. Buffy, we, so there's two categories that this comes back to john carpenter and buffy <laughs> and buffy that's all roads lead there uh-huh uh he said um he showed his cast and crew before they started shooting the thing the descent dr strange love uh Butch Cassidy, Butch Cassidy and and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Wow, I'm struggling. <laughs> his there's no commas. It makes it hard. His top three favorite TV shows were Buffy, The Sopranos, because he also said he would have loved to have been in the writing room for that show, and The Wire, which I have never seen. I haven't seen The Sopranos or The Wire, but Buffy, fuck yes. Uh, another you never go wrong. Random fun question. If you had to fight a dinosaur, oh, this is written by Fun Fun Guy, I think. If you had to fight a dinosaur to the death in a dinosaur death match, using only primitive weapons and not allowed to set traps, what's the biggest dinosaur you think you win against? You don't have to name a specific dinosaur, just give us a size reference. Uh, Drew Goddard oh, said, man. great question. Here's how I envision it going down. I step into the dino dome. I love that he gave it a name. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he's writing movies, right? Shirt off, yeah. and then get down on my knees and close my eyes and calm myself. Qui-Gon style. Good Star Wars oh, reference. Oh, yeah. Then the biggest Tyrannosaurus Rex you've ever seen comes rampaging into the dome. Teeth like sabers, gnashing and ripping and eating everything in sight. It charges right at me. I dive right into its mouth, rip out its esophagus, spring <laughs> forth out of the T-Rex. That's very uh, Hercules. Like Athena mm -hmm. exploding from Zeus. Or but she didn't kill him. She popped out of his head because he had a headache. And his face yeah. just hit it with a hammer. Yeah. Very different. But anyways, I commend his imagery. Uh, yeah. Hold the esophagus up to the T-Rex's nose because its sense of sight is not particularly good. And I say, smell that? That's what losing to me smells like. <laughs> and then he said, follow-up question. Do dinosaurs have esophagi or esophaguses? Oh, and then he said, follow-up question to the follow-up question is the plural of esophagus esophagi. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, uh, I'm i curious about your answer for this uh, question, though. If you could fight a dinosaur to the death, what dinosaur would it be? Um, if I had to fight a dinosaur to the death using only primitive weapons, 
and I'm not allowed to set traps. What's the biggest dinosaur I could win against? An unborn one and an egg. <laughs> <laughs> because if I die, I, I'd want to go out by a triceratops getting stabbed by their horns because they're my favorite dinosaur. Um, otherwise, I would basically do what he did and kneel down. But instead of winning, I would just lose <laughs> immediately. Okay. I would get a primitive weapon and kill myself before the dinosaur could get me. <laughs> Slit your throat really fast. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, there's a contributor on Reddit named Cult Status. He recommended to Drew Goddard an office show that featured the facility managing monsters on the regular. That would be fucking great. I would love to. That could be like a YouTube uh, stream kind of a thing. Yeah. It would be like Undercover Boss, but in the facility. That would be so funny. That would be pretty entertaining. SNL should do a skit. That's what that's what yeah, needs to happen. They just need a skit. We just need to email in. And like, like we're you need to do this. Like where Kylo Ren goes undercover, boss. <laughs> that's so funny. That's a good episode. Go watch it mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it. Uh, but yeah, I just think that would be funny. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. We did it. Yep. Bloody bullhole. Blow hole, blow hole, whatever. <laughs> We've got tooth parry, no, the the sugar flum parry, and a yep, blow hole. Sugar flum parry, <laughs> and a blow hole. <laughs> we were on one today. But nevertheless, we did it. Uh, our next episode is going to be Black Phone. Is that what it's called? Black Phone. Black Phone. I know it's streaming on Peacock. I haven't seen it yet. Katie has. Apparently, we will be quite opinionated. So if you're ready to hear us rampage on a film. <laughs> it's it's going to happen, man. I have. There's a lot to be said about this movie. And I think you're going to. I think you're going to agree with me. I really do. So Just, far, we've agreed on most things. So. Yeah. Uh, if you would like your take on it featured, whether you agree or disagree with what mm -hmm. may or may not be coming out from us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can send us a DM on Facebook or Instagram via at, our yeah our page at horror underscore cats underscore witch hats. You can also send us emails with your cat photos, recommendations, fun stories. You can always post cat photos on our Instagram and Facebook too. You can tell us to get our Facebook, shit together, whatever you want. Yeah. At our Give Gmail. Movie recommendations. Oh, yeah, at our Gmail. Uh, Horrorcatswitchhats at gmail.com. It's all one word. <laughs> and uh, please continue to recommend us to people. We'll try and... We're getting there. We'll get our shit together. Yeah. Life's been crazy, but we're, we're here. Thank you for continuing to listen to us. And We love you. Yeah. Sorry yeah. I'm not better at posting on social media. Every day I'm like, wow, I should post this. And then I don't. I'm just... I'm not a social ADHD, media person. ADHD, forgetfulness, forgetfulness. Uh, I don't there. forget, unfortunately. I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's fair. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, what do you think well, a dragon bat sounds like? A dragon bat? Yeah. Um, it's a mix between a high-pitched squeak like they make and a dragon noise. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> something like that but sonar <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
on that on that note. That's what the giant cat does. All you'd have to do is pull out like a... It just smothers you with its fur. <laughs> yeah, you'd pull out like a rope and it would just like lay on you and then... Just like start rubbing. Yep. I don't know about you, but my cat, one of them, she really likes her like butt scratched. Mm-hmm. And I'll scratch it. And she will literally go up onto her tippy toes all the way to the point where she just tips over. That's Lydia. Lydia does that for sure. Um, there's a man with a bag over his head, strangling a person with a bag over their head. Um, sorry, I had a burp. <laughs> uh, if I remember correctly, this, the, the man strangling, well, no, because that's a group of them, never mind. I'm sure we'll get there. There's an alien thing called the Giger, Geiger? I think Giger. Geiger. I don't know. I would assume Geiger, um, that had like a more featured spot originally um, when it was, and it it got filmed, but ultimately the scene was kind of cut, leaving him to just be in the background and just a random character that's seen. So this specific character was created and sculpted by Hiroshi Katagiri, who also has an impressive resume, including the newest Avatar, Way of the Water, Hellboy, Antlers, which we did recently, and tons of other like incredible horror films and non horror mm-hmm. films. He's got many feet with toes in different places. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this specific character is meant to be a homage to the Swiss surrealist designer H.R. Geiger. And according, okay. according to his stuff is so cool. Like, go look up pictures. Yeah. According to yeah. Wiki, 
Hans Rudi Geiger was a Swiss artist best known for his airbrushed images that blended human physiques with machines, an art style known as biomechanical. Geiger later abandoned airbrush for pastels, markers, and ink. His work is beautiful. Well, and bi- biomechanical is used now in tattoos, and they, they're the ones that make uh, the body part or like that tattoo look uh, ripped, and then like the flesh looks ripped, and then it looks like you have um, mechanical body parts inside. It's actually really cool. Some of them look really great. Or you can fuck it up really bad. <laughs> but, but, yeah. His stuff's cool. Google it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after that, you get the next wave of uh, killers. <laughs> and this is seen through the control room where Hadley and... Um... Sitterson and Lynn. Sitterson, thank you. Where they are. Uh... On the screens, you can see the killer clowns. Uh, there's a ballerina girl with a face that just has a, rose, a row of teeth. I believe that this is the Sugar Plum Fairy. It's not. Uh, she is oh. called Ballerina Dentata. She's played by a 12-year-old child actress named Phoebe Galvin. That's cool. Okay, so I didn't think she was. Andy and everybody else was like, Sugar Plum Fairy, that's who she is. And then I was like, well, wasn't there like a ballerina on the list at some point or something? Yeah, she's different. Uh, yeah, okay, that that makes more sense. Um, Ronald the intern is holding up a sign that says, and I've been trying, I've been dying to know what it says, and I never like actually looked into it until now. It says, "Help me! A dragon back bat has my scent. I'm the intern." <laughs> <laughs> That's what, every time he walks up to somebody, he's like, "Hi, I'm the intern. Hi, I'm the intern. Yeah. Hi, I'm the intern." Maybe he was just super excited to be working where they kill people. I don't know, but I'm curious how he got that internship. Uh, after that, you see a Nosferatu-looking vampire going around. And then it's back to the halls where you see a man in a lab coat get wrecked by the bat thing. A girl slowly walking towards a guy on the floor, kind of a... Almost like the ring style of oh, something. Oh, yeah. That's kind of... Like a slow stalker. Um, yeah. More zombies, the killer clown takes down another two, uh, and then this this fucking one was so cool. I love this. A unicorn stabs some dude in a lab coat twice with his horn. <laughs> Unicorns are badass, man. So they initially were going to film that with a real horse, with a prosthetic, but they didn't want anyone to get injured, including the horse. So they ended up making like a, a thing for it. And what it mm. is, is they built a wall, and then they put the body on it, and they put a hole, and the actor stands behind the wall, and his head sits through the hole like those photos, like those photo props. Oh, okay. And so his head is there, but the body that gets stabbed is like a prosthetic body. Um, okay, that makes sense. And that's how that scene worked out. It's a really cool scene. Um, meanwhile, back in the control room, I, I love this death. Truman, the uh, security guy helper that's brand new to this uh work unfortunately uh he gets killed by a bunch of uh scarecrows so that's the the, like scarecrow gang that you see on the list at the very at like the beginning and those Um, which characters are based on the 1988 movie you guessed it scarecrows they included the effects artists that worked on that film the like effects team for this must be is huge yeah yeah I'm sorry if you just heard it. Something just made a sound on... Hello. I think I just lost... Can you hear me? 
Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Sorry. My headphones just made a sound. Anyways. Oh, okay. Uh, based on the 1988 Scarecrows, they included the effects artist that worked on that film, Norman Cabrera. He remade the Scarecrows for this film, and his filmography is also quite impressive. Um, if you don't know, by the very first episode that we ever did of Horror Cats and Witch Hats, I love Scarecrows, and I love, um... Jeepers Creepers, who is based, who who uses like a scarecrow type of thing. I think scarecrows are fucking cool. One of my favorite uh, act, like uh, acting positions to play when I worked at the haunted house was the scarecrow because it was one of the best, um, the so, best characters to play. And I actually have the original scarecrow mask that we used for that role for like years. So just to give you an idea of his uh, CV, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. As a makeup department, he has done uh, Coming to America, Scarecrows, Gorillas in the Mist, Fright Night Part 2, Gremlins 2, let's see, From Dust Till Dawn, Wishmaster, Sleepwalkers, The X-Files, House on Haunted Hill, the remake, Little Nicky, hey, Spy Kids, hey. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 13 Ghosts Remake. All right. Austin Powers yeah, and Goldmember. Okay. House of a Thousand Corpses. Right. Kill Bill Volume 2. Hellboy. So he's got, he's got a fucking good list here. Yeah. The Unborn. Drag Me to Hell. Seven Psychopaths. That's a good movie. Uh, the Walking Dead. Amityville The Awakening. He's done Malignant that new one yeah he's done that movie is really good um i or at least i really liked it uh yeah no he's got a fucking belt full of shit <laughs> he's a really great guy and a wonderful uh, wonderful effects artist he's also so, um an actor in spy kids he's one of the fooglies <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Man, but yeah, I know they're. I know the kids now that nowadays are getting a new Spy Kids, but they need to understand the original Spy Kids. It was just, just so good. <laughs> um, so after the Scarecrows, uh, Hadley gets attacked by the one and only thing he's ever wanted to see in his entire life, the Merman, which uh, seems really uh, like an unreliable source of death at the cabin because this thing can't like walk. <laughs> Yeah, it um, just crawls. It has a fishtail. So unless they are like in the lake, in the lake, when it gets yeah. summoned, and he can wipe them all out at the same time, he's not very useful. Yeah. Um, um. The thing I love the most about this is like when he first talks about like I always I'll never see a merman. Uh, uh Sitterson is like, trust me, you don't want to see it. The cleanup is hell. Yeah. And like watching the death, like he has like a spout and it spouts out all the blood that he's. <laughs> It's great. It's great. a it's a blowhole that he has. But yeah. Uh, so Anderson, the Leroy Anderson guy, mm-hmm. um, he said mm-hmm. that this is a nod to Creature of the Black Lagoon. Lagoon. I don't know why yes. I just said it like that. Black Lagoon. <clears throat> the Black Lagoon. That movie's so good. That's actually one of Andy's favorite um, Universal horror movies. It was played by the stuntman Rich Centrone. Anderson said in an interview, for the performer on set, it was definitely the most painful makeup. He was completely immobile. He was basically a Mm. fish for 12 hours and had to be carried around on a stretcher. 
When he was laying on the floor, we'd give him a little pillow and he'd kind of curl up in a fetal position and go to sleep. There are a lot of really cute pictures of the merman napping. We'd go gently wake <laughs> him up and say, it's time to kill. <laughs> that's, that's, so <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's so funny. So after it the merman. Blows my mind he was on set for that long when he had like a 30 yeah. second scene. Yeah, I was going to say his scene is nothing. Um. So, after that, Lynn gets scooped up by a kraken tentacle skull, or tentacle, tentacle, I don't know what a tentacle skull is, but you know, it's cool, it's fine. That's the uh, weird kraken thing in uh, Lord of the Rings, it comes out of the lake. Yeah, there we go, there we go. Um, yeah, so Lynn gets scooped up by the crack, like the kraken tentacle that comes out of the ceiling. Sitterson, uh, he gets stabbed with the trowel by... Um, by Dana, not Jules. By Dana. I know, I kept writing Jules, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate the name Dana, that's why. That's fair. Um, sorry yeah, if your name's Dana. <laughs> we <laughs> apologize. Uh, so he gets stabbed by the trowel that uh, Dana has and was given when he escapes through like this floor, or this like hidden passageway in the floor. I don't know if uh, we see him die or if he... I mean, you see him get stabbed, and then he just, like, falls down. Yeah. He dies. That's why he's in the grave. Yeah. But we don't know how, I guess. Uh, The, um, so the director, Sigourney Weaver, she ends up getting axed in the head by Patience, the highly motivated zombie girl that um, ends up being pushed over the edge into, like, where the gods are in, like, the core of the earth, I guess. (laughs) And then... Um, I just wanted to add this real quick. Patience is played by Jodel Furland, who was in Supernatural twice as two different characters, 13 years apart. Blows my mind Supernatural wow. was on that long. Uh, she's yeah. also in... Um, Dark Matter? Yeah, Dark Matter, and she's the voice of the little witch girl in Paranorman. Oh, cool. She's in The Tall Man, Twilight 3 and 4, Case 39, and The Messengers. She was the little boy. Oh, she... Yeah. Okay. Oh shit. I I love the messengers. I know you watched that with me a bunch. I love that movie. It's so bad but so good. Uh she's in Silent Hill, the TV series. This is a bitch that's in Silent Oh, never mind. Wow, that was really aggressive yeah. the way you never just mind. said Sorry. that. Sorry. I've always wanted to know who like never mind. It's fine. It's fine. We'll do Silent Hill. We'll we'll answer all your questions. Uh she's in the TV series for The Collector, which was a creepy ass movie. And the TV There's movie. There's a TV series for these. Yeah, and the TV movie Carrie that came out in 2002. I don't remember. I don't know any of these series. I didn't know there was a fucking TV series for the Collector. Yeah, I don't know if it's still. I don't think it's still on. I think it was only like one or two seasons. But I check something because I think I think this is exactly who I'm thinking of. And while you do that, I'm going to finish up the graveyard. So Dana and Marty die from impact as the gods re-enter the world. He just, like, fists them real hard. It is her. And then, presumably, the whole world dies because the Ancient Ones were released, unless the other companies have some other sort of fail-safe that they know how to put them back. But we don't get so, to see that. So Yeah. So, really fast side note, Jodel Furland... Um, Yes, it is the same girl. Silent Hill, it's the movie, not the TV series. There's no TV series for Silent Hill. It is based on the movie. Um, and she plays Alessa, 
who is the fucking most beautiful little actress in the world and plays like the creepiest things. And I thought she was, but I never actually looked into it like I should have. And so for like 11 years, I've just been guessing this and I was apparently right. And I love her. She's a great actress. So that's really cool. She's really pretty too. Thus wraps up The Cabin in the Woods, part one. The movie part, at least. Yeah. (laughs) So... Um, Next episode, we'll go into, you know, theories. Uh, we'll talk more about some of the motivations. Monsters, creatures. Yeah, the motivations. All that. References. Uh, mm-hmm. Stuff in the movie. Stuff behind the movie. All that jazz. Yeah. And so keep an eye out for that. <laughs> if you're still listening to us after this, whatever, month-long break we just took, we applaud Thank you. you. We meow at you. We Meow kitten biscuit you with love yeah yeah life's been rough it's been a lot but we're here and we're doing this and that's what matters and um we have not picked the next movie so if you have suggestions or something you want us to do please hit us up uh our instagram is horror underscore cats underscore witch hats been a long time since we did that yeah Um, like us share us tell your friends about us uh, subscribe do all that fun stuff all that jazz you can also email us pictures of your cats movie recommendations Uh all that jazz at uh horror cats witch hats at gmail.com it's just all one word um send us your thoughts on this movie we'll include it sorry if the hiccups yeah let us know or, or let us know if you know some of, like, the history behind, like, any of the monsters or anything like that. Or if yeah, you cool. have personal stories of watching these things, you can also send those and we'll share your stories alongside ours. <laughs> yeah, because we, we know we go on tangents, but, you know, sometimes they're fun. <laughs> and otherwise, uh, just go watch yeah. movies. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, go watch Cabin in the Woods. It's amazing. Oh, it's uh... a... Yeah. Oh. God damn it, you're interrupting my meow. Sorry, you're going too fast. Um, It's not streaming on anything. I had to pay for it. No. Yeah, I had to borrow my friend's copy of it. Yeah, I rented it for like 99 cents, I think, on Amazon. It's worth it. It's so good, though. If you want to, oh, if you want to donate to our Meeting Brendan Frazier fund or (laughs) our Watching Movies That Are Not Streaming fund, (laughs) send your money, too. (laughs) Please? Just kidding. I'm not going to share my Venmo info, but no, if you DM yeah. me personally with a, we'll start a Patreon if enough people ask. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. There we go. Yeah. So, with that being said, meow. I miss those beautiful uh, pussy sounds. Meow. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that was good. <laughs>